0: Hey, do you have an interesting story to tell about your life or your business and how you got into it? Maybe you know somebody who does. Or maybe you've got an idea about a topic that might be interesting or funny to have a conversation about. Hey, if you do, shoot me an email to info at net. Again, that's info at you don't Or post a comment on our Facebook page. We're at YDS Stories. Again, that's YDS Stories on Facebook. And hey, maybe I'll be talking to you soon. You know, aren't there enough things that cost an arm and a leg when you're running a business? There's really no reason you should be spending five grand or more for a website unless it's doing some pretty whiz bang stuff. With Squarespace, you don't have to, even with some whiz bang. With plans starting as low as twelve bucks a month for a personal website, Squarespace has a library of professionally designed templates to start from, with easy-to-use tools that let you customize your site to fit your brand. So get that site going today! Just go to youdontsay.net, look for the Squarespace logo on the homepage, click on it, and when you check out, put in the code PARTNER10, again that's PARTNER10, you'll save 10% off your first subscription on a website or a domain. And if you need help with your site, drop Left Brain, Right Brain Marketing a call at lbrbm.com. Squarespace, it's the shortest, most cost-effective distance between here and success. Direct Mail to a business owner, that only brings to mind big dollar signs and little return. Well, there's a better way to reach, stay in front of, and engage your customers, prospects, and cohorts. Constant Contact, folks. Yep, I've used them for years for my businesses, and it works. And for pennies per contact as compared to direct mail. Subscriptions start at around 20 bucks a month. Constant Contact provides powerful email tools that include a library of awesome design templates, list management and reporting, event management, polls, and more. So, if you want to stay in front of your audience, Constant Contact has everything you need. And I'll make it easy for you. Simply go to ConstantContact.com forward slash YouDon'tSay to start your free trial account today. This is Drew Zagorski listening to You Don't Say. Thanks for that. Don't forget to follow, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or at YouDon'tSay.net and share with your family, friends, and everyone else you know. Before I get into it, I have to say on this topic, I'm in a pretty raw spot right now. And this episode is going to be a little bit challenging to deliver. So I appreciate your understanding as we go through the episode. So here's the story. A couple weeks back, we lost our baby dog, Nub. He's the one on the episode cover. It happened fast, so it hit our family hard. Our girls live out of town, but they both loved him as much as Linda and I. And this one really hit me personally, really, really hard. Nub had health issues since he came into our lives, but, you know, we were managing him. In 2019, he had to have bladder surgery, which led to a diagnosis of Cushing's. But we seemed to have a handle on that issue. And his blood work, as recently as this past April, came back clean. Then all of a sudden, he started to lose interest in apples. That was always one of his favorite treats. We didn't think anything of it at the time because he was eating okay otherwise. Maybe this was just his taste changing. A couple weeks after that, however, he started to lose interest in carrots, which was another favorite. And then, pretty quickly, he wasn't interested in eating his usual food. He'd nibble a little bit, then quit, which definitely was not normal for him. He was always an eager eater. So we brought him into the vet for a checkup, which, if you live on the west side of Portland or in the Beaverton, Oregon area, there's none better than Dr. Franklin at Laurelwood Animal Hospital, an Oregon specialty veterinary clinic. Anyway, the doc's first take was that it was probably the beginning of liver failure as a long-term result of the Cushings. So he wanted to try a course of meds to see if that would stabilize him. He said that dogs can live for years with the right meds in that situation without a hit to quality of life. Well, about a week into the meds, one of which was for appetite, they seemed to be working. Nub went for two meals a day for three days in a row. Not a normal helping, mind you, and it did take a good bit of coaching, but he did eat a decent amount. Then, then he just quit eating his food altogether. If you've ever owned a dog, that's not a good sign. He'd maybe nibble on a few green beans or take a couple carrots, but nothing more. This went on for a day or so before I called the doc, since I'd also seen blood begin to appear in Nub's stool, if you could call it that at this point. He was mostly just squirting out of his bottom, and I had to carry toilet paper with me and follow him when he went out back or for our ever shorter walks, which was another bad sign. He'd mess himself, so I'd had to wipe him. Anyway... That morning, the doc called back a couple hours later and said it was advanced stage liver cancer and that he could make Nub comfortable for a day or two with IVs and hospitalization, but he wouldn't make it much longer. Doc Franklin said he was sorry and wished he had better news, and what would we like him to do? That was a gut punch, and it ripped my heart out of my chest. I mean, I'd said to Linda more than once during the previous days that I feared Nub was dying. Still, it went so quickly. I tried to hold it together while I cry talked to the doc, asking him when he would be able to put him down, and we'd come in as soon as we could. I wasn't going to have that beautiful angel suffer needlessly because of my selfish need to have him longer. Fortunately, the doctor couldn't meet with us until the afternoon, so we went and picked Nub up and brought him home for a few last bittersweet hours i don't think I let go of him the whole time in the overwhelming grief and tears. I was just inconsolable nub knew though he was ready as i thought back on it in the previous days he wanted to be closer than usual and in my lap with me holding him rather than laying between my legs on the ottoman which was his usual spot and the day before he sat up in my lap and looked into me for a good minute or two he was telling me still i wasn't ready for this loss it crushed me my grief and sadness over his loss is no less real than that which I felt for lost family members and friends in the past. It's real. It hurts horribly. I come from a family, thankfully, where men or Zagorskys don't cry was a part of our thing. In my family, emotions were never a thing to be put in a box and tucked away with stoicism. We cry, we scream, we get it out, whether we're pissed off or sad. It's what we do, and I'm thankful for that blessing. But even with that spilling of tears and feelings, the thing I know as a fact is that grief never ends. It might mellow, but it never goes away completely, and there's no such thing as closure. Only figuring out how to carry your grief forward so that it actually does mellow and you can eventually get back to functioning. My grandfather passed away about 40 years ago. I still miss him so much at times, I ache. Especially around Christmas, because he was Christmas for me as a kid. And you can just ask my daughters and wife how I unravel when I hear Silent Night, which was his favorite, or The Rainbow Connection from the Muppet movie, which is the last movie I watched with him. And that song fits him perfectly. He's definitely on the other side of that rainbow, and I've also been half asleep and heard his voice calling my name. As you can tell, I've really never lost my grief over losing him, and I never will. Just like I won't lose it for all my other dogs and family and friends, including... My brother-in-law, Tim, and cousin Nancy, both of whom we lost too early to cancer. And my sister and brother-in-law's baby girl, Anastasia, my niece, and her grandmother, Louise, who we lost in a single tragic traffic accident. My cousin, Stevie, who died from suicide when he was about 18 or 19. My buddy, Paul, who also died from suicide recently. My grandma, my godfather, Tony, my Uncle Ray, my sister-in-law, Pat. My list goes on too long. Way too long. Some of those beautiful souls passed away as they should after a long life. When they passed, it wasn't as much a shock as it was a feeling of peace and celebration for the lives they lived. Of course, there's sadness, but with elders, a person has time to come to grips with the fact that they probably won't be around much longer. It's when that parting is unexpected and quick, as it was for some of those I mentioned in my little dog, Nub. The pain becomes more acute and the tragedy amplified. It takes the wind out of you as you struggle to breathe between the sobs. You see them everywhere, around every corner and every thought you have. I reflect on my pain at having lost my dog and how difficult that is. And then I think of that sister and brother-in-law who lost their baby and mom in the same event. And I can't fathom how you can move forward from that. I just don't know how a part of you ever does. I think of my cousin Stevie's mom who had to figure out how to survive that suicide My oldest sister, who lost her husband at the age of 33, these are nothing less than heroic people to me. Bearing all of that grief for so many years is a burden I can't imagine myself. But move forward they did, and that doesn't mean their grief stopped. There was no closure event or a point in time when it ended. The thing is, none of these folks put that stuff in a box like I mentioned earlier. They embraced it, confronted it, and they talked about it. And you know what? After years and years of time have passed, they still do. Okay, so talking about the loss of a dog can seem trivial as compared to losing people. I get it. But if you're a dog or animal lover like I am, those little creatures are as much a part of the family as a brother, a cousin, an aunt, or an uncle. They just are. And that's something you're not down with acknowledging. That's okay. But it's how I feel. So, when I held Nub in the doctor's office as he passed away, that piece of my heart and my soul that he took with him was no smaller than any of those bits that the others I've lost have taken with them. Over the past week since losing him, I've had a couple of people ask, how you doing when they call? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think they expect to hear, not so good, I lost my dog last week and I'm struggling with it. And probably a few people were like, oh, uh-oh. I don't think I want to go there. But thankfully, almost everyone let me talk. They listened. They shared some of their own experiences in losing a loved pet. Likewise, when my Uncle Ray passed in 2018, for the weeks following his death, I shared. I talked. I dove into my feelings. I cried on and off for days. But Uncle Ray lived a long life, and he was ill for the last couple years, so his passing was more of a relief and celebration. Still, he was my favorite uncle, so it stung. It's a little past two weeks now since I said goodbye to Nub. I'm still catching myself in those small, quiet moments in the early morning where I think of him and the waterworks just start, just when I thought I had no tears left. I've been kind of a mess since then. I don't mind saying so. I know that there's going to come a point when that fog clears and I'll step forward. I know because Linda and I are already dropping bits of conversation around finding our next baby dog. Again, I get it. When Uncle Ray went, there was no next Uncle Ray. But the thing of working through the feelings around a loss is that it's cathartic. It's part of what enables a person to move ahead. And you know what else? There's more people around you who are okay with you losing it or getting misty during a conversation about your lost loved one than you know. This is a part of something we all have in common, regardless of where we grew up, the color of our skin, what we believe in, whatever. We all experience grief and loss. And it's not just with regard to losing friends and family and pets. I think pretty much all of us have experienced some pretty profound grief and loss over the last two years and longer. We've lost not just some people we knew. We've lost jobs, homes, innocence, a sense of stability. I think it's probably easier to shake the grief of these losses off than a loved one. But the grief and loss is no less legitimate. I think we all need to walk into it instead away from it. And we all need to recognize that grief isn't something unique to ourselves or our individual families. We all have it wired into us. If we can just acknowledge that and then remember how much of a relief it was when someone asked and you dumped that bucket of sad out on them, that they just listened and maybe gave you a hug or a word of encouragement. And oh yeah, those words of encouragement, we shouldn't be critical of them. Some people just don't have a knack for words. Maybe struggling for anything to provide comfort, they say they're sorry for your loss, they'll keep you in their thoughts and prayers, and maybe in whatever you're struggling with, you've heard that too much. And maybe you get a little pissed off about it because you feel it minimizes what you're experiencing. Sadly, we've had to say that so much over the past few decades that it seems empty and trivial. But just remember this, that when people say it, Maybe it comes from a place of love and take it for that rather than getting upset about their word choice, which may have been the only thing they could think to say. So, we all grieve. We all lose. Don't run away from it. Walk into it. Release it when you can if someone asks how you're doing. We all need to allow one another to do that. And if we do, I believe we'll be better off. Maybe some walls will come down and some unexpected connections will grow out of it. Here comes the hard part. When I lost Nub, I lost my best pal, my little guy who was there every morning to greet me with a wag of the tail, a pal who always wanted to cuddle up for a nap, go for a walk, and never judged me when I got emotional over a loss. In fact, in those moments, he would come closer than usual. He leaned into it with me and comforted me. <laughs> I'd call him my green mile dog in those moments because he was able to pull whatever pain out of me. He helped to heal me, and if you've ever seen that film, you get the reference. In his own way, he said, you're in my thoughts and prayers, and I'm here for you. Nub's gone now. We have a vacuous hole in our home and our hearts, and I'm going to mourn his loss as long as I need to. I'm going to share those feelings with anyone who asks, and maybe, just maybe, they'll follow Nub's example and just lean into it with me. Then, in a little while, after Linda and I have begun to form a solid scar on our hearts, we'll execute Nub's final will and testament. And that is to give our hearts and home to another sweet dog who needs them as much as we do him or her. Then, each time we see that new dog, we'll remember Nub. The grief will be there, but it'll mellow. And all of those beautiful memories will outweigh this unbearable feeling of loss. No, there won't be any closure, but I wouldn't want to close that door on my time with him. Instead, I'll do the only thing I can do, and that is, I'll move forward with Nub in my heart and in my memories. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review You Don't Say wherever you listen to podcasts and share with your family and friends. I welcome your feedback on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at YDS Stories and on LinkedIn at Drew Zagorski. And that's me. I'm Drew Zagorski. Thanks for listening to You Don't Say. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to tell, shoot me an email to info at And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at YDS Stories. Thanks again, and see you on the next episode.